But like the real secret sauce is in just surrounding yourself with good people that can help you and start doing the reps, one rep at a time. Welcome to Playmakers On Purpose. I'm your host, Paul Epstein, 15-year NFL and NBA business exec, widely known as the 49ers Y coach, now your coach. In this transformational podcast that takes purpose from an out-of-reach North Star to a practical and tactical exploration of how we can take action on purpose every day. This is your all-access pass to a tribe of leaders in business, sports, and life who are ready to share their playbook where purpose becomes the igniter of the impact and the performance that we're all after. As we ramp up toward today's episode, pull out your notepad so we can make plays and level up on purpose together. Playmakers, it's about that time to welcome Greg Scheinman into the conversation. As former founder and CEO of Team Baby Entertainment, which was acquired by Michael Eisner, former CEO of the Walt Disney Company, Greg is now the creator of the Midlife Mail, a weekly newsletter and a top-rated podcast designed to help men navigate and maximize middle age to achieve a better quality of life by turning our six Fs of family, fitness, finance, food, fashion, and fun into the A-level achievement that we're all after. He shares his message of the six Fs on keynote stages around the globe as a performance coach and soon-to-be author of his upcoming book, The Midlife Mail. I hope you're as fired up for the conversation with Greg as I am. And as a reminder, many of today's top takeaways can be found in the show notes on playmakerspod.com. With that, let's welcome Greg Scheinman into the Playmakers Podcast. Greg, welcome to Playmakers. How are we doing? Hey, Paul. Great to see you. Great to hear from you. Awesome to be on the show. Thanks for having me. We're super fired up to have you, man. And for all playmakers, grab your notepad right now, because what we are about to run through, I would consider it a masterclass on how to build the life you want. So no pressure, Greg, but knowing that you coach people in this space and word on the street is there are some books coming out on the topic and some other things that we are going to absolutely dive into. But let's start here. Before we get into the tactical side of building the life we want and coaching others on the how to do that and why they do it, let's dive deeper on the who. And before we talk about our playmakers who, let's talk about your who. So part of the self-awareness game, as you know, is to know where you've been, starting by where you come from. So give us the formative years. Give us the backstory from the earliest days to some of those bigger moments, memories, events, experiences that, that formed you along the way. Yeah. Th- thank you so much for asking. Um, just popped in a new piece of gum. So I'm ready to go. It's like, okay, let's just chew on this uh, <laughs> I love it. for a little bit. I like, just dive right baby. in. All right. Yes. Give me the real juicy subject matter right at the beginning. So, um, so I was born and raised on Long Island, New York, the North shore in a town called Great Neck. Uh, I am the oldest of three boys. I've got two younger brothers, Sandy and Jarrett middle and, and the youngest. I'm you know, Give you some context now. I'm 49 right now. Um, was super, super close with my family. We grew up, you know, I said, you know, um, almost nowhere to go but down, quite frankly, Paul. We were in an upscale community, uh, successful family, um, great friends, great relationships. I mean, I didn't know anything different than that. Um, 
And unfortunately, you know, while I was in high school, my father got cancer and passed away right before I went off to college. So the last couple of years, um, you know, let's say I went from never having experienced any hardship, really a family that didn't experience any hardship at all. Um, you know, 10th grade through the time I was heading off to college were really, really hard years for everybody in my family. Obviously, my father, who who was sick and battling cancer, and they gave him six months and he made it a couple of years. Um, to my brothers who are younger, my middle one who's about three years younger than me, and then our youngest brother who's almost nine years younger, you know, than me. Um, so when my father passed away, I had only been in college, you know, for a short time. Um and obviously, I mean, it was, it was life-changing, you know, so, you know, that's a bit of my, my background and backstory there. I ended up graduating from University of Michigan. It was. So go blue. We, we have that in common. And, and Greg, if you don't mind, I want you to continue with the story, but let me just hop in here because you and I, in a very unfortunate way, share that identical tragedy in common where I lost my dad at 19. Uh, in his case, it was diabetes. And so I was the freshman in college. So very, unfortunately, very similar to you. And I now can reflect back on it. And I see the lessons. I see the learnings. I see the insights. I, I'm inspired by him every day. I kid you not. My why under the why is to make him proud. His legacy has become a part of my purpose. And so for you, before we continue with your journey, largely in the collegiate and professional space, what, after those initial years where I, I just, I know the pain that you went through, but how has it molded you ever since? How, how are you the man that you are today, the person that you are today because of that very, very unfortunate experience? Sure. Well, I appreciate you asking one where we talked about this a little bit. I mean, unfortunately you and I are part of this, this exclusive club that we do not want to be a part of, you know, but, but we are, um, but to your point, um, you know, it does, you know, mold you and shape you, um, and it can affect you in a variety of different ways. And I think I hit a lot of them mm -hmm. for a while. I was very angry. Um, and I was, I was angry and I was lost and I didn't have a mentor and I didn't have a best friend and I had a chip on my shoulder about it. Um, and you can even look at it. We talked about also, you know, embracing life and living every day like there's almost no tomorrow. That can be good and bad too, Paul. You know? And I think I saw a number of sides with that. Well, what do you mean? I see the good in that. How can that be bad? I took a lot of risks. I, I acted very irresponsibly. You know, um, again, on the good and bad side of things, on one, you can throw yourself into into health and longevity and and making your father proud and the legacy. And all. on the other hand, you can be hedonistic, addictive, self-destructive, um, careless, you know, those things. Um, and I hit them all. And, and my family did too in, in various ways. And you learn from those things or you hope that you do to get back to even something we talked about, to learning and hopefully figuring out what's important to you. you know? Who do you want to be? Why do you want to be that way? Um, what lessons have you learned? Who have you surrounded yourself with? Who has maybe stepped into that role 
of mentor, friend, father figure, good, bad, indifferent, all of those things come into play because when you have everything taken away from you, so to speak, you get this really interesting choice and opportunity of what it is you want to bring back in or who you want to bring back in. So look, that's, that's taken 49 years. It'll take 49 more also. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so, so good, man. So let, let's, as tough of a transition as it is, because I, I know part of telling my story and having to create this massive pause at 19, um, but, but let's dive in. All right, so go blue. You're on this Michigan train. What's next? I thought I wanted to be in the film business. I, I no longer had a family business to be in. Nobody telling me what I could or could not do. And I gravitated towards entertainment and film and wanted to go into the film business. So that's what I set my sights on. I mean, I was a communications major in college, film and video minor, got out and got my first job at Miramax Films in New York. And if you want to talk about going from what I felt that I had was the best mentor, the best you know father and father figure um, and somebody to look up to, I went from having that and losing it to having the worst one you could possibly have in the world. I was Harvey Weinstein's assistant for several years. That was the first job I landed out of college. Holy smokes. Yes. So that's what I would do for, I would wake up at the crack of dawn, get picked up by his driver in the city, be out in Westport, Connecticut, picking him up, running back and forth. That was my introduction to the entertainment business. And yeah, I have the great distinction, if you will, of telling Harvey to fuck off 20 years before the Me Too era and walking out the door (laughs) never to be heard from again. Legit, legit. Like that, that's those, those words came out. This is all facts. Yeah. If my dad knew that I allowed myself to be talked to or treated that way and let somebody get away, he'd be rolling over in his grave. That was the way I felt to your point about legacy, you know, about sharing the same last name, about pride, about those. It never occurred to me that this could ruin my career. Like, you know what? It never occurred to me that I couldn't (laughs) still make movies if I wanted to. And quite frankly, it didn't. It didn't stop me at all. Found scripts, raised capital, produced my first movie. Again, just like you, I wanted to dedicate my film, first film to my dad and see that up on the screen. You know, I was able to accomplish those those goals. Uh, At the same time, I still wasn't living as authentically and purposefully and healthily. Is that the right word? Health as, as I, as yeah, I, it's close. And, so and, and, we just yeah. created a word. Exactly. Um, it's probably up on this weird background behind me too. You know, it's in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so you can be living different ways at the same time you know, and be in, in conflict and struggle and strife and yet trying to, figure it out. And I guess that's, that's youth too. You know, that was my twenties. That is all right. Let, let's double click on this real quick because, and, and tell me if this is how you're interpreting, like when I hear this gap of authenticity, which by the way, I know when I said, Hey, Greg, here are some values that get me out of bed for whatever it's worth. Authenticity is one of my core five. It just happens to be that way now uh, for, but for me, I had to violate that value in order to hit rock bottom and realize, holy shit, Paul, you sold out. And because of that pain, as they say, your core values attract and repel, right? 
Like you're attracted to it and it pisses you off when you violate it. So for my case, I felt like I had to wear a couple hats, unfortunately, and I'm open to admit this. At most stages of my early career, there was a work Paul and a personal Paul, and they showed up very, very, very differently. And that created this gap of authenticity because the reality is there isn't a work you and a personal you. There's one you if you're being fully authentic, right? But let me ask you, so when you say you had the gap of authenticity, is that where you're going with this? That maybe how you show up in different environments or uh, walk us through, because maybe there's a playmaker listening in right now that is feeling like they have to wear different hats and maybe they show up with different personas based on the environment or the setting. So let's start to coach playmakers on this. If we share that in common. Yeah, man, it's, it's so good. And it's so spot on what you're saying. And I see it and I hear it all the time. And I can tell you like you, I, I have lived it. I have lived it. And there were varying degrees of authenticity under which I operated at different times and stages, ages and stages of of my life where I was in and out of operating like my authentic self or in authentic self at various times. Uh, Through entrepreneurship, through embracing curiosity and trying different things, going from fat to fit, mm -hmm, going from entrepreneurship to professional services, going at it alone, having partners, all of these things at different ages and stages, you kind of weave in and out of maybe playing some roles. And I've always talked about and tried to combine personal passion with professional expertise. And that's not always easy also. Um, And in doing so, you do have and I think this is very common, especially for guys in, in middle age. You have the work version of themselves and you have the the personal, who they want to be at home as a husband, as a father, as a partner, or, you know, the desire to either coach their kids' teams or be present on vacation. And then you have them over-indexing in this trap professionally where they're dressing a certain way, acting a certain way, feeling like they have to go either for the drinks after work or be part of this club, you know, or play 18 holes on the weekend, whatever, whatever it may be. And there's this, this strife again, there's this wrestling match that's going on with them. Is this it? Is this enough? Is this really me? Can I separate the two? Should I be able to separate the two? Again, am I part of this corporate culture or does the culture start with me? Like, am I about my personal culture and identity or am I totally bought into this corporate culture? And can those two things actually live in harmony in a way? Can I use and leverage my profession to provide me with the life that I want to live and be authentic Or again, do I need to be purposeful and passionate about what I'm doing professionally in order to have that kind of synergy, you know, between the two? I I mean, I think I find it fascinating uh, in there because there's so much of this out there, Paul. I think for those guys that are listening that want to be playmakers, that are playmakers, quit your job, follow your passion, do all this. Not so fast, as Lee Corso would say, my friend. Not so fast, my friend. (laughs) Not so fast, my friend. Right. Maybe not. Okay. Maybe not. Would it be galactically irresponsible for you to quit your job at this age and stage of your life based on where you are and the responsibilities you have and the things that you do? 
Could you use that profession to create your better purpose and personal culture and use the proceeds for family, for fitness, for to better your finances, to eat better, to travel more, to have more fun? You know, or should you? When's the right time to go? Like we get into all of this stuff because it's different. It's very personal and very different for everybody. I can't tell you how to live or what's inside. Again, you said your heart, you know, and your head and, and, and in your hands. I can't tell you that. You've got to work on that. Yeah, you can't. I think that's fair. I think you respectfully, you can't tell somebody that, but you can ask the right question because the wisdom is probably inside of them. Yeah. Self-awareness is rare until you tap into it. You sense the power and it gives you that clarity and the conviction and the confidence, which leads to courage. But it started with that awareness. Maybe to use some of your words, it started with a culture of self. And I agree with you, Greg. I always say when I'm talking to big organizations that all culture is local because I've been at the same company in floor five, they're high five and in floor six, watch out bosses around the corner. And that's the same department in the same company, but a different weather system. It's a different climate. It's a different culture because of each and every person from the leader to the front lines. And so tapping into culture of self, I would define culture, tell me how this lands with you, as how you show up. And how you show up is made up of your actions, your behaviors, the way you make decisions. Let's just simplify. And then how consistent you are about those things. So think of it as actions, behaviors, and decisions times consistency. That's how you show up. That How you show up is your culture, right? This, and this so, is why you're so good at what you do. I mean, this is why you get up there and you do it in front of, in front of thousands of people. And this is why everybody should be out there buying the book, you know? And the next one that goes out, because, you know, what the, what the great part about being a coach, being a playmaker, being an author, being a speaker. Like we get to help guys. I mean, in my case, you know, kind of in my lane, you know, get to help men optimize and maximize this stage of their life. You know, help them, you know, help provide them and give them the tools and the strategy and the tactics to live better, longer, healthier, happier, stronger. You know? And let's not forget and, and, and have more sex, which, which what guy's going to argue with that too. Like all of these things, put them in the bucket, man. That's like the cover of the book right there. Like, I believe you can have it all. I really do. You just, again, you have to have consistency. You have to have discipline. Simple is very hard. Hmm? Simple is very hard. How to do less with more focus. You know, again, how to really hone in on what's important to you. And how to operate that way. And this is about, you know, that process, whether you hire a trainer to get in better shape, you know, whether you hire a nutritionist to, to learn how to eat better and what your body responds well to, you hire a wealth manager, an attorney to do your will, or a performance coach. What are we, what are we all doing? I'm trying to give you the tools to be able to live the life that you deserve to live and help you get there. Your nutritionist isn't literally feeding you with a spoon. Your trainer is not going to lift the weight for you. I'm not going to physically go into your home and start changing your life, you know, from 5 a.m., you know, to 10 p.m., whatever your schedule may be. But how, how do we set you on a path for success? And how do we continue to communicate about that? You know, 
Again, you experienced a similar loss than I did. Mm-hmm. Look, man, we don't talk enough. We don't have enough guys on our team. We don't have enough that circle of trust. Again, that mentor, that father, that father. Like, we need more of this. Mm-hmm. We need to seek out and aggregate and curate best in class people that are out there that can help us. Like that team. Yes, it's it's the locker room. So to use some playmaker lingo here, it's the locker room, the tribe that you surround yourself with. A tribe can be in your home. A tribe can be where you go to work. A tribe can be uh, a recreational club that you belong to. It can be your church. Whatever it is, wherever you congregate, that can be a tribe. And, and double-clicking on this, Greg, because what I'm hearing from you too is the way that you help people you also as a coach, the way you help people, in your case, the midlife male to, and by the way, I know because playmakers are from all demographics, everything, I, I don't consider anything that you discuss. I, I understand why you focus on the midlife male, but for every playmaker out there that is not a quote unquote midlife male, this the, there are universal principles and application in everything that we're talking about. Maybe there's some nuanced language or nuanced ways we would describe things. But at the end of the day, these are human characteristics and traits and values and what's most important to you. So if I'm hearing you right though, Greg, 100% identity, it sounds like you're saying there's a danger in tying your identity to what you do. Instead, perhaps for everyone listening in, we should be tying our identity to who we are. And who we are, now you need a system and a process and a framework. In your case, the six Fs, which I want you to walk us through that because we didn't really properly, we we segued into it, but that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing identity is more attached to your who than to your what. So A, how does that land with you? And then let's, let's share how you came up with these six Fs and how you share it with the world. Because what I want is a prescriptive playbook for all playmakers to be able to apply this in their lives. Yeah, so so good. I want to just touch on one thing that you said about tribe because I made because I made a note as you were talking about it. Uh, you were talking about who your tribe is or who your tribe can be. Mm-hmm. I just want to touch for a second on also who your tribe isn't or it do, who Ooh. your tribe does not okay. have to be. Mm-hmm. Because for I feel like we also get trapped sometimes as men in the situation where we feel like we have to be friends are in the tribe of our coworkers and colleagues or even our clients or the other dads that are you know on our kids sports teams various sports whatever season it may be baseball you know peewee football whatever the other dads at school like the whoever's around you and of course that's natural that's right there but at least I'll just speak from experience that didn't always click for me you know, those weren't really like my guys. Geographically, they were there. Time, we were around each other. Yeah, good guys. But if you have different interests, again, your authentic, go back to authenticity, go back to identity, go back to who you are. You don't have to compromise or sacrifice or just kind of conform to the tribe that's closest or the tribe that's around or the tribe that, that you think you have to be a part of. Every tribe that you want, that you really want, anything you really want, it exists. It's out there. Mm -hmm. Want to be a runner? Go join the right run group. Okay. Show up, drop your kid off at practice and go hang out with the, go hang out with that tribe. If that's a better tribe, you know, for you. 
you know, performing at work and doing great, but you want to say thank you very much. Good night. I'm not going to sit in this boardroom for two hours. Okay. And drink with you guys. That's totally fine. I've got another tribe over here. My exercise tribe. Again, my, you know, you, we have choices, Paul. We have choices and we have options and we have opportunities. And I just don't want people to forget that. You don't just have to go along to get along, you know, or be part of what you think your company thinks, the school thinks, the little league thing, whatever. You don't have to. And it doesn't make you any less of a person or less of a man or any less popular. And if anything, I think it makes you more interesting and more valuable more authentic and and really probably more of a playmaker and a leader when you have the conviction and the courage to do that. Also, also, gosh, I, I love this so much. This is so, so good. It's also, you get to choose whether you play offense or defense. And here's what I mean by that. Defense, the tribes come to you. So my little guy is playing T-ball. And so I didn't choose the parents per se of the kids that happened to be on little Johnny's team. But that tribe came to me that I could have just sat there and that's defense, right? I'm just reactive versus proactive. I'm saying, who am I? And I'm tapping into, all right, so let's say right now, and this is just a candid comment from Paul Epstein, circa March, 2022. I am obsessed with personal mastery. That is my jam right now. So I can either A, let that somehow find its way into my life, defensive mentality or offense, I'm going to find people that are mastering themselves. I am going to find the best person that I think is the most self-aware, that owns everything, like that extreme ownership mindset that has intention. All of these ingredients of personal mastery, I'm going to, maybe there's a group in my community, in my city, or maybe I need to pay my way to a conference of personal mastery to find that tribe because that's an offensive mentality because that's who I am. That's what I'm curious about. That's my authentic core and I'm going to go play offense and find it. So I love where you're bringing us because that is how we connect all these dots. Yeah, man. You got, and, and you're willing to put in the reps. You know, that's it. You know, guys like you, you're willing to put in the reps. You're willing to do the work. It's just not audibly coming out. It's what happens when these mics go off. Mm-hmm. And the light goes down. And what the do you The unseen do? hours, brother. The unseen hours. It's what happens in the unseen hours. Yes, in that lonely time, that insecure time, that holy shit, I just checked the stock price, you know, and the market's <laughs> down and this is going, and okay, am I willing to invest in myself? Am I still willing to roll the dice? Am I still willing, you know, to do what feels right in all parts of, of my body mm-hmm. and not just play it super safe? Be smart, be responsible. Mm hmm. But we only get one shot at at this thing. And what's really interesting also I found, Paul, it comes out of this. Like you actually become, in a way, more popular by making the unpopular choices. If you follow me. Go further on that, please. So back to, again, like just going along to get along, saying yes, being part of the group, going with the flow, Mm -hmm. doing all the... Those are the easy, popular decisions. Hmm? We're flowing with the masses, you know, kind of that way. You know, we're dressing alike, man. We're looking like we're not doing anything mm-hmm, that's that's going to really stand out. Mm-hmm? It's not really, ex- but those are the more popular decisions. 
there. I'm not really speaking my mind, maybe. I'm not. And when you actually begin to blaze your own trail, and I'm not saying everybody needs to be a, an, you know, an innovator, again, or an entrepreneur or any of this stuff, but when you, again, really start acting authentically, and you're transparent about it, and you're vulnerable about it. And you're also operating, though, with this confidence and this kind of underlying strength of, I'm just going to do this because it's the way I am, and this is the way I feel. By making some more of those quote-unquote unpopular decisions, I'm not going to go to that event. I'm sorry, but I can't, or thank you for your patience, but I will be, I will be excusing myself you know, from this. Or I'm not, when you start setting greater boundaries, around things. And you make maybe the less popular decision. What happens over time when you really stick to that, you actually become quite popular. People start reading your stuff. Like I'll tell you, this happened for me. Okay. I see this kind of wave, like almost like a dip, you know, nobody's listening. Everyone's questioning why, what the heck's going on. He's going through a midlife crisis. He's got this, (laughs) you know, all these other, you know, assumptions, judgments, you know, the four agreements, all of them. And then you know what happens when you stay consistent with it? They start reading. They start listening. They start asking, as you were saying, asking, how, why can I do this too? Mm -hmm. To what degree can I, should I? And this amazing kind of coming out of the dip, Mm -hmm. coming out of the dip and really leaning into it thing kind of happens. When you start operating that way and people come out and they support you also because, you know what, I saw this, I saw this, good for you, or this feels so much better, or, you know what, I was just fucking, can I curse on the show? Sorry. I didn't yeah, ask absolutely. that. I, yeah. <laughs> you already have, but you know, I, Yeah, sorry. <laughs> can I just, I've been fucking waiting for you to do this. You know, I've been waiting for you to do this and I'm so happy that you, that you have, how can I support you? Like that starts happening. As opposed to selling scared, you know? All right, Playmakers, it is now time to find your why. In collaboration with my partners at the Why Institute, you have access to the most high-impact assessment to find your why that will help you know who you are, know how you think, and know why you do what you do. I believe in this assessment so much that I invested in one for every playmaker out there. Consider it a gift from me to you on purpose. To take your assessment now, head over to whyinstitute.com slash playmakers. It only takes five minutes. And the best part, it is absolutely free. If you've already taken it, share it with somebody you know that needs to ignite more purpose in their life. It all starts by finding our why at whyinstitute.com slash playmakers. Let's get back to the show. Craig, I love this. And let's use this as a transition point into the six Fs because I think this is just so organic. But I once heard that, especially as a speaker, they said, this was somebody else um, kind of sharing this. They said, when I was a young speaker, I used to think that 
the key was that people had to believe in what I was saying. And over time, I started to understand that people need to believe that I believe what I am saying. And so for somebody like you that has a message that may have been initially unpopular, but then you keep showing up and you show up and you show up and you show up and you're consistent and the unseen hours become the seen hours. And now I'm like, Greg believes there is a better way to build a life. It eventually becomes this six F's, which I'm sure did not exist at some point, but you curated it through a process and we're, that's why we're gonna go there. But if I keep hearing that Greg is talking about how to build a life and how to build a life and I hear the confidence and the conviction, then of course you may repel me perhaps and that's fine because I didn't belong in your tribe anyways, but maybe there's this magnetic attraction and maybe I'm like, me too. And I'm struggling with the same things and I have the same pain points and we have the same problems and now I start to read your blog and perhaps I listen to your podcast and perhaps I bring you in as a speaker. But it started with me believing that you believed in what you were saying. And then I have to make a conscious choice of, is that a message and a tribe that I want to associate with authentically? Yes. And it's every area of your life. They're all yeah, connected, walk us through which it. is, walk which us through is it. the which is the segue into kind of the six Fs. And for me, and somebody may have more, they can have seven Fs. They could change whatever letter of the alphabet, okay? It doesn't have to be kind of sizzly with all the Fs or anything. Again, keep it simple, whatever works for you. But for me, what it came down to was family, fitness, which is really health, mm -hmm. finance, money. Mm -hmm. We want to be able to do the things we want to do with the people we want to do them with for as long as we can. You need the resources to do that. Food, which is nutrition, right? how you eat, your health overall. Fashion, which really is style and confidence, and we can get into that. And kind of we're all our own personal brands, especially more so now than ever, how you want to be perceived. And then fun, which quite frankly, for a lot of middle-aged guys in particular, my lane, we're not having enough of. So that package, that list became kind of my portfolio of life. Mm -hmm. And if I'm chasing anything, I'm chasing total life wellness. My goal was to turn those Fs into As, as many of them as possible. And it doesn't mean that you have to, or I have to be a straight A student. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to be a straight A student every semester or every year of my life because life also ebbs and flows and, and there are different priorities at different times in there too. But if you put them in order and you look about having look at having a diverse portfolio of life and a full life, which you can define wealth however you want to. You know, I define wealth far beyond just capital, you know, and cash. There are a number of ways. It, it to can leave. be inner success and fulfillment. I would I would include inner success, significance, and fulfillment as wealth. Absolutely, and again, all connected back to. Maybe again, you don't quit your job and, and leave. Maybe you say, you know what, for years, and this was happening to me, for years, I was getting paid a lot of money to host a podcast and write a blog. Why? Because my job, my career gave me all of that opportunity, all of the proceeds to do that, to sit in my backyard on Sunday and crank shit out that was like a tree falling in the woods for over a year. And you got to be grateful for that. But again, it's all, it's all connected that's there. Mm -hmm. Family will always come first. That's wealth, you know, to me. The relationship that I have with my wife and my kids for as long as possible, and I'm in bonus time, 
Again, my dad was 47. You know the situation, okay? You're similar. I'm 49. I'm two years into bonus time, Paul. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's rock star time now. This is oh it, man. Gosh. Like, it's go time. And if I'm in prime shape of my life, my wife is too, fortunately, knock on wood. Our boys are 15 and 18. It's family first. And if that costs me some money, so be it. You know, it returns so much more. The same thing, you know, with, with health and with fitness and what you put into your body. And all experiences over things too. Everybody has with them, maybe smaller house, okay? Maybe not as fancy a car. Maybe we're not buying as many clothes, but we're taking more trips and more experiences. We're eating better food. Mm-hmm. Breaking bread together with, with mo- which most people don't do, you know, again enough. Like where do you ha- where do you have your values? Again, what's important to you? What are you willing to give up? I'm not willing to give up the four dollar latte. I love it. I love walking my dogs, okay, to the window of this amazing, you know, coffee and bake shop, you know, and overpaying. I just love it. <laughs> I know it. There are other places that I'll decide to cut or reduce or have conversations internally. And now, not afraid to have those conversations externally either. And because of that, to your point, you attract and repel the right tribe, the right people, the right opportunities. So speaking of tribes, and thank you for that awesome breakdown, uh, the tribe right now that we're connecting with is our Playmaker community. And so... If I hear your six Fs, and I love how you framed it as the end state is to turn your Fs into As. And I was going to ask the question, but you somewhat answered it, but I still want to hover in this space of, I wasn't going to ask, can you get straight As? I, w- I was almost going to ask if it's possible because I, I also compartmentalize life. My I don't use the identical six Fs, but it's the same type where you would say family over here, recreation over here, finance over here, and we can go everyone. I would recommend for every playmaker, if the six Fs, as Greg laid it out, for whatever reason, doesn't work for you, write it in pencil and scratch one out and replace it with another one. You do you. What's most important to you? How would you compartmentalize life in three, four, six categories and just put it on paper and look at it, order them, prioritize them. And that's where I was going to go with this, Greg. It's like, can you get straight A's or can you have an A in every area? Because six, just to be dead honest with you, it's a lot. And so if I'm listening and I'm like, dude, Like for me to kick ass in all six of those things simultaneously, it's very hard because I personally realize life is about trade-offs. It's about prioritization. It's about trade-offs. And so if I go all in on something, it's at the expense of something else because time is a finite resource. And so with that, I would love to see how a playmaker that maybe says, A, what advice would you have on creating my own list if it's not the success? And B, how do I justify or how do I manage trying to kick ass in all these different areas, but being okay that like what's enough in another area. So how would you respond to that? Yeah, I I think it's a great question. And I think you're so good at this also. Uh, You start with science, you start with data, you start with who you are. I mean, even before we got on this podcast, you sent me a great list of adjectives Mm -hmm. and just said, select two. Mm -hmm. Select two that most closely describe you or that you identify with. Yeah, they most most. resonate. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about, again, we talked about 
nutrition and diet, you know? I said, okay, if you start with science and you actually get your blood work done and you know what your biomarkers are and what your body responds well to and what it doesn't, you may stop jumping on the bandwagon of keto, paleo, intermittent fasting, all of these other things. You have an, <laughs> you have an idea, you have a framework. Again, straight A's in all six areas or four or seven or whatever it is that you come up with may not be the goal. I don't think it should be the goal. One area that I'll kind of kind of compare and contrast with something you said is, I do believe you need to focus. Okay? I do believe that there are trade-offs, but I also believe in this total life wellness portfolio of these adjectives or these things that are you, that if you start improving and focusing on one area, you will see a natural lift in all of these other areas. For example, okay, if you start eating a little bit better, okay, and prioritizing your health, your performance in work is going to likely improve. Your energy is going to go up. What happens when your energy goes up and your performance at work goes up? You probably will make a little bit more money. Mm -hmm. Or you can think about spending a little bit less money because now we're emphasizing quality, maybe over quantity. We're not just randomly stopping off for silly expensive meals or having drinks you're going to start seeing natural lifts in other areas. You don't, maybe, again, maybe style and fashion isn't super important to you. And I'm not telling you, you need to go be on the cover of GQ. What I'm telling you is when you get up and you get dressed and you look in the mirror and you tuck in your shirt and your clothes fit properly, okay? Do you want to look a certain way because you want to be perceived a certain way? Your confidence again goes up. Mm -hmm. Or by the way, when you do that and you look in the mirror and you may not be as pleased as you want to be, maybe you've let yourself go a little bit. You put, maybe that's all the inspiration you need and the tipping point or the reality check to say, you know what? I got the clothes. I got the style. I got everything. You know what? I want to look better in them. You know, so now I am going to go for that walk in the morning. Now I'm going to, it's all connect. It's all connected. Oh, it's so good. I get it, brother. I get it. You know where sorry not to cut you off, but I mean look, A's, B's may be fine, but I'll just end on this. Like we know what a C is, at least when we were in school. I don't know how they do my kids' grading systems anymore. It's weird. But like <laughs> C C was average, right? C is average. All I can tell you is you don't have to be a straight A student, but I don't know any of your playmakers that are out there. And I don't really try to surround myself in my orbit with people that are okay with being average. So that's where the line is. To me, that's that's where the line is now. Okay? You don't have to be a straight A student. We're not chasing exceptionalism necessarily, or everyone's definition of high performance may be different. But there is a wide spectrum, Paul, between average and like really happy, really high, highly performing in life, whatever that means for you. And that's that's where we operate. Let's let's help as many guys as possible go from that complacency. You know, that conforming, all those other C's that are kind of average, let's level up. Well, it's true because this brings us to the point of standards and whatever standards you set for yourself, that, that is the starting point. That is the bar. And so if average, like I'll tell you, I recently had a conversation uh, soon, soon to be on Playmakers. So Kara Golden, founder of Hint and Hint Water, and literally she talked about complacency being death. Complacency equals death. So, so powerful when you think about that because complacency are C's. And it doesn't mean, again, we're not saying go get A pluses in every area of life. It may be a strategic choice to say, I'm cool with a B here because that 
A in that area, family as an example, it trumps all. And so there, there's, a, there's a strategic component to this. Also, as we're winding down in the home stretch here, Greg, I know that we've talked off camera before about how we think balance is bullshit. The balance versus harmony conversation. And that's kind of what we're talking about here. Balance would mean the same letter grade in every single area because, oh, well, I've already done this good in work. And so now I need to come home and do this family thing. Oh, but I can't forget about my, and you, you try to juggle in this equilibrium and it just doesn't work. And most people will tell you this, this whole work-life balancing, like it's BS. Like we're going to work over a hundred thousand hours outside of maybe sleep. I promise you, you won't do anything else in your life for a hundred thousand hours. Like that. So balance is out. It's harmony. It's harmony, which means Maybe I intentionally have to grind it out today at work, but at 3 p.m. I have to go pick up kiddo. And then at 5 p.m. I'm coaching T-ball, but then I'm back on the grind at 8 p.m. when he or she goes to sleep. Ah, that's harmony, folks. I didn't say balance. That's what's most important to me. And I'm going to be where my feet are because it matters. So uh, before we wind down, anything else to add on the balance versus harmony conversation? I think you're spot on with it. I really, I really do. I feel that if we want to use the word average the right way, mm-hmm. use the word average then the right way. Take the average of all of these parts, whether they're your Fs, you know, whether it's your entire picture of life, and then look at what your average grade would be. How would you rate yourself there? How are you doing overall? If you want to use the word average the right way, do it that way. So for example, again, Maybe you are, you have that A in finance. I'll use that as an example because it comes up a lot with men, okay? You're crushing it at work. You're making a lot of money. But at what cost? Mm-hmm. You're not spending again the time with your family, okay? Your health isn't in proper order. You're divorced. You're having an affair, okay? You're not present around there. You're not having that much fun. You're buying all sorts of things for instant gratification and retail therapy and accomplishment and achievement, Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Okay. So again, if you took that A in finance, wow. Okay. Look at that guy. Look at that size of that house. Look at those cars in the driveway. Look at that watch he's wearing. Look at even the family photo. Look at him. And then you compared it to those other areas. What's your overall average? Mm-hmm. What's your overall average? And maybe you are a C. Maybe you're a D. Maybe you are failing to use an F in these other areas. And that one area where you're over-indexing and so quote successful, it's really a trap. This is what's happened because of that. Things come at a cost. And how do you get it back? And some of us get that wake-up call and we really do something with it. Unfortunately, there are a lot of guys out there that you know get that wake-up call, if you will, or they, get, they don't wake up from it. Doesn't click, doesn't work. Mm-hmm. They're just the, the sleepwalking. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to be positive and it's all about positivity and it's all about, again, you know, growth and advancement and mindset here, everything you want is available. It's never too late to make changes. It's, there is no perfect time to start. You just start. You just say, hey, I want to be a little bit better today. I want to read one page more or at all. You know? I want to actually, I didn't walk yesterday and I haven't walked in 10 years. Tomorrow I'm going to go for a walk. 
I, I wish I could tell you that there's some super amazing proprietary snap your fingers. And if you just follow this, it's going to be, but like the real secret sauce is in just surrounding yourself with good people that can help you and start doing the reps one rep at a time. Do the reps, do the reps, take action one step Yes, I, I fully subscribe to this. I hope every playmaker is picking up what you're putting down, my friend. All right, so final question, and then we're going to cut out of here. We've been enjoying this masterclass on building the life that you want. And in a minute, we'll talk about how folks can find you, follow you, uh, whether through coaching programs or just tapping into your blog, podcast, all that great stuff. And uh, so where I, I want to uh, get us home is to think of... Because part of living on purpose is to know what gets you out of bed, those core values. Like you said, you responded with two or three of the dozen that I sent you to ask you what resonates most with you. So for the playmakers, think about a word that inspires you. And I'm asking you the same question, Greg, a word that inspires you. The Latin definition of inspire is to breathe life into. So let's reframe the question. What is a word that breathes life into you? For me, it would be courage. Because when I lost my dad, I saw how my mom showed up the day of and the next day and the next day and the next day. Greg, it was her way of showing up with batting reps of courage because she had to impress upon her 19-year-old son that he was overnight, he became a man because of family tragedy and circumstance. And I had to step up to the plate. I had to meet her at the 50 in that life moment. And she breathed courage into me and it's never left. That is why courage is the word that inspires me. So what would the word and why is that word something so meaningful for you? Yeah, first off, that's, that's beautiful. It really is. Uh, I have the word inspired literally tattooed on my arm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, go. the notion of living inspired and being inspired is super, super powerful uh, to me. The word that I would choose, and I, and I did choose with you, was curiosity. Mm-hmm. There were some great adjectives on the list that you sent me, but I don't want to stop being curious. Oh, I don't want to lose that childlike energy and curiosity uh, and ability to see things through that kind of lens. Mm-hmm. I just think there's a lot... There's a lot to see. There's a lot to do. There are a lot of guys to speak to and help like you and conversations to have and subjects to explore and beaches to walk down and waves to surf and mountains to climb. Like, you know, that to me, like that's living. And I just, I want to stay curious. I want to try lots of different things uh, and be willing to fail at them or fall down or, or, and, and just get back up and laugh about the whole thing. That kind of freedom and curiosity and vibrance, just that's the way I want to live. And that's the way I want to feel. And I think again, for me, it starts with, with curiosity. Like, Hey, do you want to do that? Never did it. Never did it before. Yeah, actually I do. You don't want to do that. You know, <laughs> let's so, try. So it. good. Mm-hmm. 
Oh man. Well, you've, you've taken a very curious group here and every playmaker that I always say the key to curiosity is to be interested over interesting. And in your case, you've shared many interesting things about you, but I think the most interesting part about you, Greg, is how interested you are in life. And that is what, how you have used it as the fuel to build the life you want. And thanks to this time together, you've helped every playmaker at least take those initial mindset steps and hard set steps to start to or continue to build the life that they want. Because you and I both know there is no finish line. So playmakers, start building right now. And so, Greg, where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Hit us with all the deets. Yeah, it's it's so great. Thank you for asking. And what's really cool about this is reach out, kind of follow it, and I'll tell you where to find me. You know, taking this why and moving it into how. You know, like that's like that's really what I think is cool to engage on and have these conversations. And when people reach out, like, hey, how do you make the open space? How do you create? How are you able to do that so that you can be curious and so that you can live on purpose and that you can do all those things? So I think that's that's a lot of stuff, stuff that you and I will continue to get in as we continue to further our development and continue to coach other people and continue to get out there. I just wanted to put that out there. The website is midlifemail.com easy. You can subscribe to the newsletter. You can subscribe to the podcast there. You can find out ways we can work together, even brands that I've partnered with on products and things that I really love and that are part of, you know, again, who I am. So you can go to midlifemail.com to do that. On Instagram, it's at Greg Scheinman, just me, my name. I'm sure you'll link to all that. I am not hard to find. I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn as well. And you know, I try to make myself as available as possible and leave these windows open to hear from people, to communicate with them, see if we're a good fit for one another. Again, aggregate, curate, you know, whether it's through my network and what I'm offering or you know, through other individuals and guys like you who are doing great work and can help other people in different ways. So that's, that's what it's all about, man. So thanks for having me. Oh, thank you, brother. And for all playmakers, I'm just going to leave this cliffhanger out there. This won't be the last time that you hear about Greg and Paul sharing a space. So beyond a podcast together, be on the lookout for some other announcements on how Greg and Paul are basically bringing our communities together to just continue to coach and add value and do all these wonderful things and help people build the life they ultimately want. So with that, Greg, thank you, brother. We will see you super soon and just appreciate all of your spirit today. Hey, you as well, brother. Thank you so much. Loved what you just heard? Subscribe to Playmakers on purpose on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you tune in from. And for all of today's show notes, head over to playmakerspod.com where you can not only enjoy resources from this show, but all previous episodes as well. And last call, if you haven't already, you can now take your personal why assessment in under five minutes for free at whyinstitute.com slash playmakers. Playmakers is produced by Detroit Podcast Studios in collaboration with Purpose Point. See you next time as we continue to make plays on purpose together.